department. Fuck B, 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 B. You're now tuned into the Apartment 5B podcast, where we chop it up about hip-hop, R&B, sports, love, and life. Hosted by Kill. 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 What's good, what's good, what's good? You are tuning in Apartment 5B Podcast, hosted by your man, Kill. Got my squad with me, in effect, as always. Little Sis Porch, what's good? Not a whole lot, Kill. How are you? Everything is great, great boogie. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. <laughs> great boogie. You know what? Greg. I'm here. I'm right. here with no technical difficulty. There you go. We, and we're going to leave it at that. And we ready to rock. Rel, all the sneakers, Philadelphia. 76 is gear in effect. What's going on, good brother? I'm here and I'm good, Kim. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh god. Now trial. What's going on, good brother? Peace, peace, good people. Thanks for uh, inviting me. Uh, my man Stevie won this birthday. Shout out to Stevie today. Taurus, uh, happy no to be doubt. here. No doubt. JR, the RB guru, RB rap, repping the Trey Lee glory in the Knicks. Yeah. I'm yes. happy for your Knicks, man. You I appreciate it. Thank I'm happy you. For the Knicks. I've always said the NBA is dope when New York is competitive. You yes, know what I mean? So indeed, uh, indeed. I think it makes the whole whole system doper. Yo, yes. today we are gonna be chopping it up about your just five or however many you have of dope record buying adventures. And what I mean by that is like maybe about a week ago I was chopping it up with my man who I grew up with in Philly, and we were just talking about all the fun we used to have. You know, going throughout Philly to different record stores to get records. I mean, y'all see what's behind me. I mean, I got a million stories of just vinyl in itself. And JR's been to the crib before. Like, this is only a little bit. There's mm-hmm. vinyl in Nay's room. There's vinyl in the, in the hall closet, in the closet downstairs. So I've got a million stories just in, in digging. But also just about him buying records. And the thing is, is that at this whole gen- there's going to be a whole generation of people who just when an album drops, they just look at their phone at midnight and that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? There is no, and I don't know about, I'm interested to hear from you guys. Like, I feel like some of these albums I'm about to talk about, I have a extra special relationship with because of the shit I had to go through to got to buy the album. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it wasn't right. just look for purchase of you just look at your phone and Rel, you're a sneakerhead. So maybe you could relate to this. Maybe, oh God, if Nay's 15, maybe about, I guess 15, 16 years ago. Um, you know, I used to be that dude who'd get up at four in the morning, go to the mall, sitting in line for, mm. you know, six hours until the, until the store opened and everything like that. And then one day I was going to do it. And my man was like, yo, just go to East Bay. I was like, word, East Bay got joints now? They got joints? He was like, yeah. So I go to East Bay and um, I'm sitting there like, yo, you mean I could just buy these? I don't got to get up early and go through none of this hassle. And I brought them. But then, like, the next day, it was just like, yo, the, it, it ain't the same. Like, it, it was more convenient. Same. It ain't the same. It was more right? convenient, but yeah. it was the process <laughs> of getting up early, 
going to sit in line, you talking to other sneakerheads, you you know, you're, you're, you're conversating, you're meeting yeah. people, then it's like, you're on the edge of your seat, like, are they going to have my size? Am I going to have to go yeah. to another store? And so it's like, it's one of those things that it looks good on paper that you don't, that you could just, you know, the new such and such album come out at midnight. Oh, I ain't got to go nowhere. But I realized that that was part of the fun. Like, that's part of the love the I have for these albums right. is the hunt. It's yeah. the hunt of it. You know what I mean? Tip said in a, a, a magazine article once, I think it was Rap Pages with Bob Beetle way back in the day. And he said, I'm on a never ending quest for vinyl. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's that hunt that, you know, there's been times when I've gotten a lot of the records I wanted. And I've got to come up with new ways to keep me interested in digging. So it's like, you know what? I want to get all the black exploitation soundtracks. So it's like, okay, mm. got something else to get me pumped up about. So we're just going to be talking about some of our dopest record buying stories um in the game so porsche why don't you set us off with one miss um sure i again like i know i've talked i talk about this all the time so just quickly um for people who may not know i grew up um in about like literally north of north dakota so the middle of nowhere canada the prairies um very very difficult to get any hip-hop at all um and for a long time up until my teen years um it was my brother my older brother's friend who was going down to california getting um albums and then giving or tapes and then giving us copies of it or the actual cassette so my first um sort of memory of acquiring my own was when um odb's return of the 36 dropped mm. and i know i've mentioned this before um, I went to, we had one store there that sold CDs and it was called HMV, which was all across Canada, but we only had one HMV and the rap section was one little aisle within a <clears throat> entire store of albums. So everything was like world and punk and folk and polka and like, <laughs> I don't know, just everything. And then you would go to like the rap section and it was literally like, I don't know, probably about... 40 CDs long or 40, yeah, 40 CDs long and just one aisle, right? Um, so I go and I ask for ODB's Return of 36 and the guy looks it up on his computer and he says, we're not getting that album, it's banned here. And I was like, what? I was like, but everyone has it, like it's in magazines. And he was like, yeah, we're not gonna be getting it in. Um, it's, we can't bring it in. So I ended up, like really upset um and then i had to wait until we went down to the states to get it um luckily i've always lived in parts of canada that are like literally an hour to the border and two hours to the next u.s city um currently i, I live that close as well so it's always good um so yeah so odb's return of the 36 i'll never forget it i had to wait until the states to go and get that album and i got it late like i couldn't get it when it dropped i i went to get it when it dropped but it didn't happen. <laughs> so tell me this, what's the closest state to you? Like, where did you have to go to cop it? North Dakota, Fargo, wow. North Dakota. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. <laughs> you had to go to Fargo, North Dakota, like yeah. Fargo, like the movie and the, and the series? I've never, I've never seen the movie, but I think Oh, you gotta watch same. Fargo. Yeah, Fargo, 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 North Dakota, I believe, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, let me, let me, let me start with mine, and I'm gonna start from like the beginning. Let me see if I can get mix in the mix right now. Mix Messiah, you there, good brother? 
Yeah, I'm here. Thank you. Sorry about all the inconvenience, y'all. Oh, it's all good, brother. It's all good. It's all good. You know, we technical difficulties happen. Um, I'm gonna go back to the beginning at the top of the list, like P would say, um, and start where I think my record addiction started. Every summer, I would spend the summer in Fort Greene, Brooklyn with my cousins. Um, so from like first grade to probably eighth or ninth grade, I was going. And it probably was around, I fell in love with hip hop in 84 with Run DMC's first debut, all that stuff. So by 86, I'm 12, I'm in seventh grade. And my mom's gonna give me like four or $500 to stay for the entire summer. You know what I mean? And it was like, yo, this money is to last you the entire summer. And I'm like, yo, I got you, we good. Yo, I swear to you, the second we touched down in Brooklyn, <laughs> I told my cousins, take me to Beach Street, which was right in Albee Square Mall back in the yes, day. Right next to it. I'm talking about yep. the Beach Street where you had to go up the stairs. And Definitely. I would spend the whole I would spend the whole five hundred dollars. Like literally, like within that first week, and would have to beg my aunt to not tell my mom's like and ask her to have to pay for me for the rest of the summer. <laughs> like, like this is June to August. You know what I mean? And just, you know, it was just what I was willing, and I was willing, like one of the things I do want to talk about is kind of like what we were willing to do for hip hop. Like a lot of this generation not only will not know about not having the, the enjoyment of being able to buy a record and have these stories that we're sharing, but this generation will also never know about what it was like willing to put your life on the line mm-hmm. when your mom's just like, yo, if you listen to that hip hop shit one more time, that's mm-hmm. your ass. Or, you know, don't be playing that Lottie Dottie in my house with that Kurt. Like, this generation won't know because they got in their AirPods all the time. And most parents ain't checking the AirPods and checking phones or whatever like that. So we're also going to be talking about that. So the one album that like just from that, from that, all these excursions, it was Boogie Down Productions, Criminal Minded, which I've always said is probably the album I played the most out of any genre. I just played that album over and over again as I brought it on vinyl, tape, CD. You know, I've lost CDs, re-brought it like that in Stetson Sonic's debut album On Fire. Most people know Steph for their second album in full gear with um, Sally and, um, you know, talking all that jazz. But I'm talking with Ghost Stetson 1. I'm talking with Faye. I'm talking with those joints. So those two albums. So for me, it's just those stories of just willing to risk my mom just strangling me. Like, nigga, did you really just spend $500 in a week on records? You know what I mean? Like, you know, so for me, that's just one of my many uh, stories. Greg Boogie, what about you? You're in Queens, so I know you got some wild stories of yeah. what you had to do to go cop stuff. So I'm gonna take this one back to 1984. All right. Okay. And I want to I want to give a special shout out to my man, DJ Fy, from the Nation of Creation. That's my homie. Um, but his government is Roy Venegas, and he's um, assistant professor at the University of Hartford right now. Um, so back in the days, this, he was an incredible DJ. He was, 13 years old so this was 1984 and um you know we had heard live at the fun house here we go and we got a tip from one of the record stores like you know he was a dj that's the back the backstory like him and my other man gabe these were my two main mans and they were both djs and i was the muscle slash mc like like you know get people up and dance get out and dance you know personality right so i was with these guys you know forever so anyway he gets a tip that they're gonna actually have a copy of live at the funhouse like they they were getting it at rock and soul which was in um midtown all right so everybody you know i'm sure y'all heard of rock and soul records right Mm -hmm. so we go to rock and soul we can't get it 
So we go to, I think the name was Beach Street Records in Brooklyn, right? Yep. Yep. They don't have it. Mind you, I think I, I'm 13 years old, but we, we were kind of crazy as kids, right? So there was a little alcohol involved, right? So this is adds a little color to the story, right? <laughs> Actually, there was Calvin Cooler, um, I think the, the wine coolers, right? But they were like in court. So um, I allegedly had quite a few. And so as the day is going on, like I'm getting weak and I don't, I don't even, I haven't even eaten, right? Mm. So I'm about to pass <clears throat> out. We go, long story short, we go to about 10 record stores, nothing. Nobody has it. I'm about to, to die, right, with my man Roy. <laughs> like it's crazy it's crazy I, you know we're young we don't have money for food like we just have money for records right and um we have to hop the train like it was just an adventure then we finally get back around the way and there's a real two there were two popular um record stores called numbers both of them it was numbers in jackson heights and a numbers in in, in corona right but you know it's close enough that you can get to it mm -hmm. something tells them like a light goes off in his head. He's like, yo, maybe we should check numbers, right? We go to numbers. There's like, we go to one of them. There's like a thousand copies of Here We Go Live at the Funhouse. Right. And we and we had spent the whole day out. I'm I'm about to like lose a, a vital organ, you know, from not eating and being drunk. <laughs> and, but we get the record. We get the right. record. We go to his house and we start playing it. Probably two seconds into it, I'm throwing up in his bathroom. Like, it's a mess. I knew that was coming. Yeah, G, <laughs> G, was, G was done. But we got the record. Yo, yo, B, the 12-inch of Here We Go, live at the Fun House, bro. Like, I mean, yo, and, and for people who may not know, like, that was the joint that wasn't on no album. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like just buying an album. It was, yo, it's that hunt again. And, and, and that's the dopest thing about it. JR. I know you got some stories, good brother. So, give, give me one of your joints. All right, I'm gonna start with my hip hop first. Um, Nas Stillmatic. So, you know, I'm a Brooklyn head. So before then, I was rocking with Ho for real. I was rocking with him. He already came out with the <laughs> blueprint. So I'm hyped with this. I'm like, fine. So I'm on the bus. And the night before, I didn't hear Ether. So they play Ether on the bus. And everybody knows I'm from Brooklyn, right? So that's all I'm repping. I'm a Brooklyn head, whatever, whatever. Queens ain't got nothing on this, blah, blah, blah. They play that record. I am on the bus quiet as hell. I ain't saying a damn word. I'm, I'm like, what the hell did Nas just do? So I walk off the bus with my head down. Everybody looking at me like, ah, yo. Ah. So I'm like looking. And then so I finally get in my house. I was like, yo, nah, kill that shit, dog. Like, what the hell? Like, yo, like, I can't show that while I'm on the bus. So my mom gets in the house. I'm like, mom, I got to get this Nas Stillmatic in like, a, uh, like two months because it came out. Uh, before Christmas, like a couple of days before Christmas. So she's like, all right, no problem, whatever, whatever. So then got, I think Got Yourself a Gun came out. So I ended up getting that single, which was easy to get. So then it was time for the album. So the albums came out on a Tuesday. 
So I was like, Mom, I need to go to the store. I need to go get this. So we went to Best Buy by my house. They didn't have it. We went to Circuit City by my house. They didn't have it. We went to the Barnes and Nobles by my house that sold CDs. Didn't have it. We went to Sound Express, which is uh, in New Brunswick and on New and George Street. They didn't have it. I literally had my mom drive like an hour away to this store in Perth Amboy and got me this joint because she said, look, nigga, if they ain't got it here, <laughs> you ain't getting it. Like, like, Yo, and the, and the funny thing is, I know your mother said, yeah, nigga. Yeah, yeah yes. <laughs> <laughs> nigga, you got me driving around all these stores and they ain't got it. If they ain't got it, we going to the hood and you getting the three for 10 on bootleg and then you find <laughs> it on your own. Cause I'm not oh, doing it. So we went to the store, they had it, and I literally played Stillmatic <clears throat> three months straight every day. And I and I just for I, I I miss doing stuff like that. Where I can go to I couldn't find it, but yeah, I can go to this store, I can go to this store. Now, like you said, you can just go online and be like, Why did it come out at 12 o'clock? There you go. Like I still enjoy still going to the store and buying the CD. Looking at the album cover, looking at what you know, what I'm saying inside, but Hell we ain't got yeah. that no more. Um, that one, my mom was a little pissed, but it's another one that my mother was. She cussed me out, but this one, she she let me have it. So now tell me this: How old are you when Stillmatic came out? Fifteen. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Fifteen. That, that's 15. crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. So my dad was actually happy because it finally wasn't the R&B album I had them looking for. So. He right, was, right, he was right. like, my son got a hip hop album. He won. Great. So, <laughs> so he was good. All right. Let, let me see if I can get Mix back in here. And I got my man Kurt up here with us. Mix, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Now, hopefully, I'll stay good. All right. No doubt. Kurt, you good, brother? Yeah, I'm good. Peace, peace, peace. All right. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Peace. Everybody, this is my guy, Kurt. If y'all think I rock a lot of polo, this nigga makes my collection look like. You know, a bargain basement right here. So that's that's the polo OG right there. Um, I right, yo, uh, Rel. I mean, Nelson. Which which one of your stories, good brother? Uh, yeah, it was uh the doggy style album. So I'm in Atlanta visiting my mother, and um, she takes me to this record store called Turtles. If Vern was on here, he could have vouched for me. But Turtles was like one of the main stores in Atlanta. And we get the tape, she buys a cassette with the parent. That's another thing. <clears throat> These kids don't know about the parent advisement. So that's another topic. Nah, not at all. They don't. Right. So it was a struggle just to ask the parents, like, there's, they, she's looking at the cover, like, why is there a dog with the butt? And so she buys a cassette, <laughs> right? We get called, she's like, oh, I want to hear him. Like, no, 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 we don't have to. We can wait till we get home, huh? Like, no, I right. want to hear what you're listening to. I pop the tape in the deck. You know, uh, Doggy Style comes on, you're getting in the bath. And then, you know, it's like, this American dream, you're supposed to be loving all this. You got 10 inch, uh, 25 inch screen TV, you got the dopest weed on, you got the hottest stuff on the block. It's the American dream, nigga. And then it gets to the first song after that, and it's just B, F, P, D, I, it's dick, all the bad words, and she does it, she busses a U. Like, well, I'm like, where what? we going? She's like, I'm going to bring this. I'm going to bring this shit back. You're not supposed what? to this 15. I'm like, mom, this is the hottest tape out right now. She's like, I don't right. care. I'm like, you're not going to be listening. And she was super religious. So 
all them f bombs and all that. So we brought the tape back. I get back to New Orleans. I get the the bootleg dub from my boy. And then eventually I buy the CD. That's that's one of my buying stories, man. The struggle. <laughs> Wow. Yo, no man. doubt, man. And, and it's rough, like you said, man. You know, that was, you know, it was an era where parents and hip hop was just, you know, it was there. You know what I mean? And the wild part to me that I always, always had beef with, and it's not just parents, it's the church, it's everything. It's always the music. You know what I mean? It's never the movies. You can, I don't give a fuck. You got Showtime, HBO, Cinemax, watch corns all, all night long. Right. Don't, <laughs> don't listen to no, don't listen to no hip hop. And it's like, mm-hmm. it is more cursing. Like one of my homegirls who, um, you know, we were both heavy into the, into the church and everything like that. She was like, yo, kill. How do you still listen to hip hop now that you save and you go to church? I was like, because that, that's just a part of me. Like that's never changing. Like I'm not that boy who I go to church now and I'm selling all my CDs. Like, that ain't part of the game with me. And then one day she was like, yo, Kill, can I borrow your Bad Boys 2 uh, DVD? I said, I do want you to know that there's more cursing <laughs> in the intro of Bad Boys 2 when they're doing the whole Ku Klux Klan, just in that first 10 minutes yeah. of Bad It's more cursing in Bad Boys than people get on an entire, on an entire Cameron, Jay-Z, fill-in-the-blank CD. So please tell me why y'all always beating me in the head Every day about kill. Why you still listen to hip hop when y'all niggas leave my Bible study? Go see the new Chris Rock movie. Like that, nigga. <laughs> yeah. like y'all gotta stop putting this on the music. You know what yes. I mean? And I feel like parents was just like, you know, see Dolores Tucker, who I'm not mad at. I'm not all the way mad at because I was listening to niggas for life on the way home one day, and I was like, God damn, did they just kill a hooker, put her in the trunk, and then throw her body in the damn ocean? Like. Yeah, that's a little far. Like I, I, I you know, I, I, I know, but it's just like, good God! Like now, I kind of, it's, it's to me, it's like the Cosby Show. The reason why I think the Cosby Show is such a great show is because when I was growing up, I saw it through the eyes of Thea. You know what I mean? And now that I'm an adult, I can see it through the eyes of 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 um Claire and um what was his name on the show? I don't say Cliff, Bill. Cliff, 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 Cliff and Claire. You know what I mean? So I think that's the thing. Like now being a parent, I kind of see things a little bit different. You know what I mean? So, but neither here nor there. I definitely understand because yeah, the parental advisory sticker was a, a problem for most. Uh, Rel, what you got for one of your stories, good brother? Um, oh, man, mine was uh, Biggie's Life After Death, the, the double CD. Mm-hmm. Um, so my birthday is March eighth. Um. That year on March 9th is when Big died. So mm-hmm. someone called me and was like, yo, your man passed. So I'm like, my man's? And he was like, Biggie. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, damn, you know, I'm sad or whatever. So the CD's coming out March 25th. Um, March 24th, I hear on the radio that they're having like a album release thing at midnight. We can come to the record store. They haven't like, you know, they're going to be playing it. You come purchase it at midnight. Uh, they have, you know, it's like a little party at food and all that. And this is on a, you know, albums came out on Tuesday at the time. This is a school night and I'm 15. So I'm mm. like, you know what? Mm. I, I got to go. I got to go. So I now let me man. stop you right there, bro. Let me stop you right there. You're 15. You said I gotta go. What are you risking right now? 
Like, what is this punishment going to be if you get caught? What is in your head? How are you balancing this out? Like, what what is the what's the what's the rep repercussion for what's about what you're about to do? Death. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I, I got you. I got you. I totally so when, when you hear what I did, you, you're gonna understand. And if you ever met my mom, you understand. So I'm like, yo, I gotta go, man. So I'm like, I gotta find somebody that to go with me. So I hit my man Bilal. He wanted. You, we all grew up with the kid that could stay out all night. And right. you know, what I mean, I wasn't that kid. I ain't gonna front. So mm-hmm. I hit Bilal, and at like eleven. Uh, <laughs> I snuck out the back of the house, took the car. Yo, yeah. and you took the car? Yes. So look, so, so you I ain't start- got no light. No. So I started oh the car. Oh, hold tight, hold tight, hold tight, hold tight. Yeah. Let's bring this back. This, this is getting know. worse. This is this is getting worse by the minute, good brother. What? Where, where was the party at? Cause you uptown like me. So where where did you have to go to this album release party? Um, if I'm not mistaken, show it him. All right, so that ain't bad. That ain't bad. That ain't bad. Right. So, right. but you said you were 11 years old. No, he's 15. 15. 15. Oh, okay. 15. I'm sorry. Okay. So, um, <laughs> if, it, if it was 11, it was about to be really. Oh no, nah, 11. That's crazy. That's crazy. 15 is bad enough. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, mind you, I could drive. Like I was getting taught how I could drive. You know what I'm saying? But I don't. I had no license or nothing. So right. what I did was my mom, you know, my mom, um, I know she was sleep. Like she goes to sleep early. I know. So I said, if I cut the car on and the lights come on, the flat. So I made sure the lights were cut off, drove around the corner, picked up uh, Bilal and went to the, uh, went to the little get together. Um, had a ball, got the CD, playing it on the way home, everything. Pulled, dropped him off and pulled up to the house. Yeah. And, you know, this is one of the scariest moments in my life. Because, like, if, if I would have walked in and she was sitting on them steps, like, it would have been, it would have been bad. Like, bad. So I, you know, pull in, go around back, hop the little fence walk in and I see a person oh, and I look shit. it's my it's my <laughs> little cousin it's my little cousin and he was like yo your mom woke up for a minute but she ain't come downstairs I was like cool got the CD I waited until I was grown to tell her this story she tells this story to oh, all man. the family and you know when my grandmother was alive cause my grandmother always <clears> takes <throat> my side she's like your grandson Stole the car to go get a Biggie CD. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> wow. that was, um, yo, that was bro, a... I'll tell you this, but I was on the edge of my seat because I'm like, I'm waiting to hear. You know, I, I'm, yeah, right, right, yeah, right. I, I'm thinking this is like house party when Kid came. Right. Out, you know oh, what I mean? like right. I, I'm waiting. It would have been like that. that. It would have been like that because I remember later on when I actually was driving, I had stayed out too late, and when I got home, she was sitting on the steps. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Waiting for me. So foreshadowing like i'm like right i was really scared you know what i mean but and then when i walked in i seen somebody in the kitchen i'm like oh no it's over but it was my little cousin and he was like yo because because he was he was he was the watch out for me he was kind of you know what i'm saying making sure i was good 
And right. he was like, yo, your mom woke up for a second, but she went back to sleep. I was like, man. Now, here's the thing. I want folks who are watching this and who are younger to understand that this is what I mean about you're willing to risk life and limb. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was death right there, y'all. <laughs> yeah, right. You, 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 you heard, because, you know, in my situation, if that would have been my mom's, my mom's wasn't very hard on me. So I probably would have been like, I'll punch me for two weeks, can't use the car. My man said death was... The, the what was about to be the punishment and he still went to still get biggie it's funny i got it i got a story about the same album but it's, it's different but that, that's crazy that's crazy kurt what's going on good brother what what is one of your stories for racket buying got gotta unmute me bro all right there we go yeah you good you good once again all right um <laughs> so my story is well I was born in New York, but I grew up in the Virgin Islands. So I grew up in St. Thomas and I had come back. I had moved to Florida for college. So I went down. I had graduated from. Nah, I'm lying to you now. No, I had went down to St. Thomas during the summer. So I had got a little internship up at, uh, at the government working with the government so <clears throat> they had me literally in an office surfing the internet all summer long like I did no work I, I did zero work so on my lunch breaks I would go to Sam Goody y'all remember Sam Goody so my dude this is the Virgin Islands now like all we listen to is like reggae calypso crap you know no one's caring about hip-hop or whatever I was the only like hip-hop head so I went to Sam Goody, and that's when you had the, the CD players, you know, the... That um, you could listen to? Yes. So, I used to have a big messenger bag, and I'm, I'm you know, I have my disc man playing in my bag, or, you know, running through my bag, or whatever, and I walked in to the store. Mind you, we have the security, you know, the two security things that you have to walk through. So as I walk through, it beeps. Okay. Everybody looks at me, but they know I walked in. I couldn't steal crap. So then I'm like, all right, if I walked in and it's beeping, that means when I leave, it's going to beep. So I'm like, all right. See where this is going. So I'm looking around, I'm looking around, I'm looking around, I'm looking for stuff. I start picking up all kind of reggae CDs and I'm sticking in my bag. And as I'm walking around, this CD hits my eye. Oh, wow. Mad Lib Shades of Blue. Dope out. Yo, I was a man. I was a Mad Lib fan because I, I once I heard Quasimodo, I heard um, yesterday's new quintet. The first one, yes. I was a man. I was, I was, I was dedicated. Anything Mad Lib put out, I, I like. I had to have. Now, mind you, I was kind of broke. So, I see this CD. I say, Yo, I need that joint. So, mind you, I, my bag's full of a whole bunch of reggae CDs and this and the third because I was trying to make beats at the time. So I'm like, I'm picking up everything. I see this joint. Now, mind you, for some reason, in the Virgin Islands, this joint is in a plastic case. That old school plastic case. With yes. Running <laughs> Everything else is, is free, whatever. It has a little sensor on it, whatever. But this is in a plastic case. And I'm like, why would this be in a plastic case? Who the hell in St. Thomas wants to steal this? 
I said, yo, I got to do it. <laughs> I got to do it. I can't leave the store without it. Word. Man, I looked around, looked around, <laughs> stuck it in the bag. I'm thinking, shit, I'm about to get caught. I'm about, I'm, they're about to get me because I'm, I'm bad. If they even look in my bag, they're going to see a whole bunch of things. I'm, plus, my name is kind of like gold down there because they know my parents. I said, fuck it, I got to do it. So I stood by the door, right by the little sensor, sensor door, and it started beeping. <laughs> they looked at me. I go, yo, memory beep, 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 coming in. They go, oh, yeah, 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 don't worry about it. Just go ahead. <laughs> I said, work, work. Work. I was through the door. I was through the door. All right. Get back to work now. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to ask you like I asked Rel. What what is the punishment? What, what's gonna happen in the Virgin Islands? Like I know what's gonna happen to me if I get caught in Shellham Mall. My mom gonna kill me. Okay, so we talking death again? Yo yo. Okay. My mom old school Caribbean. So my mom's old school Caribbean. So she's gonna whoop my ass. I'm, I'm gonna hang on that. Right. Gonna whoop my ass. Even though I'm in college, she's gonna whoop my ass. So, but to kind of go on with the story a little bit. So I get back to work. I mind you, the suckers in the in the plastic case. So I'm thinking, I'm just in my bag. I'm like, yo, I need to hear this joke. I need to hear it. So I told my manager, mind you, I, I wasn't doing crap. I go, yo, I gotta step outside for for a second. He goes, I right, go ahead, do your thing. So I go outside. I found the biggest rock I could find. And I'm <laughs> out there in the hot sun now, trying to break the joint open. <laughs> Listen to it at work. <clears throat> so I find the guy off and I listen to it. I, I fell in love and blah blah blah. That you know, it's history. But I remember every lunch break after that, I was the same goodie stealing something because oh, wow. people coming in. So there's a running joke. There's a running joke to the Virgin Islands that I bankrupt Sam Goody because, like, after that summer, Sam Goody went out of business in the Virgin Islands. So the running joke is I bankrupt him because I kept stealing all their CDs. Oh, and the thing is, I still got all those. CDs. I still got all those CDs in my collection. I look at them and I just say, you know what? Yeah, I probably did bankrupt them. I probably did. That's crazy, B. Yo, you sticking with us? I know you said you only had time for one, but you you, you hanging? Yeah, I can, hang, I can hang a little bit. All right, no doubt, no sure. doubt, no doubt. Let, let me try to get Mix back in. Mix. Yeah, what's going on? All right, bro, you good? Yeah, I, I hope I'm good. I don't know what's going on. Man. All right, why, why don't we start <clears throat> this story, bro, before you fall off again? Okay, my story is a little different because I was on a mission to get music for someone else. Uh, okay. At the time, this was like... The same week, I believe, that Dr. Dre's Chronic came out. And uh, this was when I was back home in New Orleans, where I'm originally from. I was visiting uh, the hotel where my homie, uh, Lamar Thomas, for the University of Miami Hurricanes, was in town for the big national championship game against Alabama. And they had a, a strict curfew. And even though this was daytime, he wasn't allowed to leave the lobby because the coach had a meeting set up for you know everybody. So I was chilling in the lobby with most of the main players from the U, just shooting a breeze. And uh, he gave me some money to go buy the chronic for him. 
So I walked up the block on Canal Street, which everybody, you know, know to be the main strip in New Orleans. And I went to Odyssey Records to get it. And uh, I didn't have any problem purchasing it. But when I came back, I had trouble getting back in the hotel. And then so I had to like make my way through the back and then come all the way to the front of where the hotel to, to get to the lobby. But by then the coaching staff had infiltrated where we were chilling. And so uh, I'll signal to Lamar Thomas like, yo, I got it. And then so the coach saw me, you know, signal to Lamar like I got it. He's like, you got what? I say, I got it. I just got it for Lamar. Lamar said, you got that, that chronic? I said, yeah, I got that chronic for you. So the coach is like, what you doing getting chronic? I said, no, 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 chronic the tape. So I pulled it out and showed him. And he was like, oh, you had me scared for a second. I was about to suspend him. <laughs> wow. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. That's crazy. Wow. Um, the next story I got is 88. It's me and my man, Laura Cross. We in eighth grade. This was my running buddy. I mean, we would just go throughout the whole city of Philly. I was always the get out, no other people. I didn't just stay in my hood. So we down, we went all the way down to Funko Martin, Philly, which is down on Market Street. Um, and we got there and we saw EPMD Strictly Business and Jungle Brothers straight out the jungle. The problem was, is we in eighth grade, we ain't got no money. It's like, so we only had enough money to buy one. So I said, look, bro, you buy EPMD, I'ma buy Jungle Brothers. We gonna listen to it for a week. And then a week later, we just gonna switch off and just bang it out like that. He's like, all right, good money. Yo, a week came and like, I was mad apprehensive. Like I was kind of ducking them because I was like, yo, I'm not giving this shit up. Like, yo, I'm not getting this Jungle Brothers is my shit. I'm not trading you. Like, there's no way I don't give a fuck what EPMD got. It can't be better than this. And then when we finally saw each other, he was like, yo, nigga, I can't give you this EPMD. And I'm like, well, nigga, I can't give you the Jungle Brothers, man. You know, because we both was like, yo, we can't. And we fell back. We're eighth grade. And it was like, this is my man. It's like one some old, um, that show niggas used to watch back in the day with Buckwheat, the little rascals. It was like, mm. you you know, we were both raised like your word is your bond. So we both said we was going to trade. It was like, it was like those old commercials. Like, nah, my brother, you got to get your own. Like, yo, mm, you, right. you can't. You can't rock with this. So to me, like that's something that we still laugh about to this day. Um, just you know, wanting to trade off, they're just being like, yo, both these albums are so dope, and both of those albums are probably top twenty of my favorite hip hop albums. Um, just for a reason, just like that. Uh, Porsche, what you got for us? <laughs> um, so my next one again, trauma from ODB <laughs> joint being banned in, in Winnipeg, freaking. Manitoba. Um, at this point, I've moved to BC. Um, thank God. But Vancouver is vastly bigger than Winnipeg ever is. So at that point, I live in like a, a little suburb. So there wasn't really a mall where I could just go to, you know, music places. The closest one is actually super far and it's very, very big. It's a little overwhelming and I'm not driving at the time. So I don't really go often to go get you know, music. Um, so it just so happens that my cousins um, who live in Vancouver, and this is the first year I've moved here, um, they convinced my mom to let me and me go with them to Phoenix, Arizona, which is like a yearly trip that they do. And my mom's like terrified because she's like, oh my God, we've now moved to this big city and now they want to like take my kids. And like Persian parents are rather, you know, uh, protective. <laughs> to say the least. Um, anyways, she lets me go. We're going to this conference and we have to go and attend these 
seminars and like these lectures and all of these kinds of things. Mind you, this is like 98, okay? Um, and at one point it dawns on me that like I am in the United States. Like there is, in my mind, I'm like, I am like, this is like, <laughs> Disneyland for hip hop. Like this is my hip hop Disneyland, right? So right. I'm like, so, but I'm stuck in this freaking conference in these like, like literally like back to back seminars. You have like a 15 minutes for a break and then you're back into this lecture. I fake an entire like flu. I'm sick. I'm vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, I'm like in a cold sweat, I don't feel well, and I put on this production, and people, my cousins are like, oh my god, she's sick in the United States, like, there's no insurance, what are we doing? And I'm like, no, 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 I'll be fine, just let me go to my room, right, because we're staying in the hotel. And they're like, okay, we're gonna come with you to make sure you're okay, I'm like, no, 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 I'll be fine, I'll be fine. I send them back, I like jet out and I go to the mall, which is like uh. down. We were staying at the Hyatt in Phoenix and I just go down. I think there was like walking distance. There was like a, a little strip mall or something. I go and I cop Wu-Tang Forever, The Firm. Mm. Uh, it was written. I get all the <laughs> <laughs> and I have like, One I'm shot. smiling, and my cheeks are all red from being outside in this heat. And I come back and I'm like, and they're like, how are you feeling? I'm like, oh, right. Oh, yeah. Like, no, I'm good. Like, I, I went down. I'm good. My suitcase is filled with, like, albums. They're like, where did you go? I'm like, don't worry about it. So, yeah. Like, that was, that wow. was my other favorite, favorite memory. <laughs> so, truth be told, for you living in Canada, everything was an adventure. Well, yes. I, I think I maybe made it an adventure as well. Um, only because, like... It, it was just, it's very different. It was at the time difficult. Like our bus systems and train systems are not as efficient as let's say like New York. You know what I mean? Right. Like it, it's, they take long, it's slow. Um, so you don't really go very often. And the one mall that had everything was far. And it was busy right. and it was like, yeah. So it was just an adventure all the time. <laughs> All right, no doubt, no doubt. That's yeah. dope. Greg Boogie, what's another joint you got, bro? All right, so I'm gonna keep it back in in the um in the eighties, okay? All right. So now it's me, my man Roy, DJ FY, my man DJ Gabe. So we we're supposed to do a big like some important party that night. And I know you got soul was the record, the single that was supposed mm. to drop. Right? <clears throat> And so again, it's the Rock and Soul, um, Downtown Records, you hear, okay, it's gonna be there. Everybody in the city got the tip. So we, since we've had experiences like the one that me and my man Roy had with the Live at the Funhouse, we said, all right, we're gonna split up, okay? So we split up, everybody went to different parts of the city. I got the record, I got doubles. <clears throat> we meet back in Queens, I pass it off to Gabe. And I'm like, look, I'm gonna meet y'all at the jam because I'm gonna go with this girl like this. Yo, she was one of the most I, I beautiful. Already, you already, you know what I'm saying? I already saw the look on your face. All right, right, right. right. So she lives in Latimer Project um, in Flushing. So I go, okay, so now this is the best part, right? So I go pick her up. I get there, maybe five minutes, I'm waiting for her to get ready. 
knock on the door, but it's really more like someone's trying to break the door down. Sure. Turns out her ex-boyfriend and dudes from the projects are like, yo, who is this dude in the crib with you? Right? Breaking, trying to break the door down. Long story short, I have to miss the party because I cannot leave until the next morning. Six, seven you in got, the morning. So you got That's, kidnapped. Yes, basically got kidnapped. And then the thing was, um, you know, I had very limited form of protection at that point. Right. You know, I'm not going to get into too much detail. Right, right, right. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it, it was... The, it was nothing compared to what would have met me even if I made it to the hallway. It was that right. bad. It was I couldn't even get to the hallway. So, and this was after all of us had split up and the, the party was an important party because it was supposed to be like launching us into, you know, just getting paid more on the DJ circuit. They missed me because I'm the, you know, the, the life of the party. And then I stopped fights. There was a big brawl. So everything got like... Everything got towed up and I couldn't leave the spot until six, seven in the morning. But what Gabe did for me, he taped part of the um of the party. He had, you know, because he had the, the cassette deck that he could tape right. while he was doing live. And I got to hear um I know you got soul through there. Right. All right. No, nice. no, no. Dope. So you almost got killed for this, yeah. Basically, in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And, uh, but if you, but it was, it was worth it. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> but the thing is, again, folk listening, this is like I don't know, if folk watch, watch the get down, but it's kind of like when uh, books, when uh, and uh, my man was fighting. What was his name? Shalim was 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 going back and forth over getting that record that he needed. You know that, what I mean? That Brenda Holiday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like one of those things where again, you know, these stories sound crazy because we're living in this digital world, but you know, this is the shit that's scary as hell. Well, this dude was about to get killed by his mother for a biggie party. You know, Greg about to get shot for the twelve inch. Like these are the stories. For <laughs> up here faking like she got the flu. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just to go hit up the mall. You know what I mean? Like this is the stuff that we were doing for hip hop. You know what I mean? And this sure. is this just adds another layer to how. So however much y'all feel like you love hip hop, we love it just that much more because we have these adventures. You know, you know, is there Jr. You know, this dude's mom was about to you know make him go buy the bootleg, the three for five in a minute. You know what I mean for for the still mag. So Jr. Give me another joint, good brother. Okay, so this kind of coincides with uh, Nas and Stillmatic. So by this by March, I've been playing Stillmatic every day. This is now in 2002. So now I'm in my R&B bag. So I'm a Brandy fan. So I knew she was coming out with Full Moon. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna get it. Don't even matter. I'm a fan of Never Say Never. So I'm gonna buy it. So the day it comes out, I'm like, yo, mom, I need to go cop this. My mom and my dad. So they like, all right, cool. We'll drive you to the different stores to go get it. So we went to two stores that was by my house. They didn't have it. This is the first day. So things are selling out like crazy. So we go to maybe a store that's maybe about 25 minutes away. So I was like, yo, nobody has it. So my mom was like, well, call around a couple of more spots that's around. So I called this spot that was like, an hour and 15 minutes away. Yo, your mom's was going to drive you an hour. Oh, oh, she did, minutes. but wait. Uh -huh. So 
we go and I was like, Ma, it's an hour and 15 minutes away. It was like, like 5.30. So she was like, all right, let's go. Let's go get it. Fine, you get it. Cool. So we get it. I get it. I'm hyped. I get the last copy from this store. So we on the ride back and we're listening to it. And I'm like, I'm rocking to it. My mom is like, what is this shit? Mm. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> this shit is garbage. Mm. So you made me and your father ride you an hour and a half to listen to this bullshit? <laughs> wow. Damn, <laughs> bro. So my mom <laughs> took the record out that I paid with my own money. No, she, no, she did. No, she yes, she, she took did. The CD no, she I, did. I, I, yes. <laughs> No. Broke it, dog. No, she did. Broke my shit, dog. Broke it. (laughs) And was like, now, for all this shit, you had me drive an hour and 15 minutes away to hear this garbage? She broke my shit and said, now, you got to go find the record your damn self. Wow. Wow, I know you was heated. Oh, I I was was tight. Because y'all remember back then, Albums was eighteen ninety nine yes. then. Yes, they were. Yes, they so, were. Now, now again, now again, Jr. You got what age are you now? I'm sixteen. You sixteen? All right. So you went home and you was in your room cursing her the fuck out. You oh, I was going. So giving it tomorrow. So, so mind you, I, I was like, I'm getting this shit. I don't get what my mother say. So I failed this exam or whatever, whatever. So my mom was like, you on punishment. She was happy to put my ass on punishment because the album was trash and then this. So she was like, you on punishment, you done for the week, you ain't going nowhere. I was like, I'm getting the fuck up out of here. I'm getting this for the moon. I'm out of the damn. She's talking about, I'm getting this shit. So one of my pops went out or whatever, whatever, and she was like, yo, you in. So Circuit City right across the street. I'm like, all right, it's like 8.30. If I run over there, Go get it, come back, I'm good. So I wait for like a good 10 minutes. I'm like, all right, they gone. You always gotta give them that 10 minutes, because that's that 10 minutes. Yeah, like I'm here, I'm like, all right, they gone. I'm like, and mind y'all, I live on the third floor. So this is where, so I'm like, all right. So I'm like, all right, I get out, go to Circuit City, buy the joint. The line was kind of long, but I'm like, man, mom and them went out, they won't be back. I walk back to my house. No, no. I walk no. up the stairs. No. My mother is sitting right no. on the no. stairs, waiting for me. No. So she was no. like, "Where the hell did you go?" <laughs> I was like, "I went to Circuit City." I, I can't lie. Like I'm like I'm already busted. Yeah, I'm like, what am no. I going to? She was yeah, like, "So stop right you there. You, stop right there. You can always lie, my nigga." There's always a lie. I don't give a hell. I could have had the circuit. I could have had the circuit city bag with me. I would have been like, Mom, I was going down downstairs because I heard some, and then some fucking crackhead just bumped me. You When you in it, you're not thinking about that. When you in it, I'm in it, so I'm like, I can't think of nothing so fast because she ain't even supposed to be home. So I'm thinking I'm good. So I get oh, up. No. So she was like, so you went to Circuit City? I said, yeah. She was like, she knew I went to go buy music. So she was like, what did you buy? I was like, I brought Brandy's Full Moon. <laughs> she said, what? You want that shit? She was like, okay. She was like, all right. 
She was like, give me the album. I was like, all right, here, take it. Yo, Whatever. don't tell me she broke that shit again. No, 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 no. Oh, she didn't, God. she didn't. No, really? She put it in her room <laughs> and she was like, now find another creative way to go get it again. Oh, wow. So I ended up getting that shit Yo. bootleg. <laughs> and when I got it bootleg, after maybe about two months later, she gave me back the original version. And now I listen to the shit and it ain't even my favorite brandy shit. I'm like, what the fuck? I did all this shit for this shit. She ruined it. I was just about to ask you, like, was all of that worth it? Hell no, it wasn't worth it. I'm pissed. It wasn't worth it. Like now that I sat with it and I lived with it and it was just like, damn, man, I got in trouble for this shit. Damn, I spent, I paid $40 a week. Off that. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Damn. Now, Trump, what you got, good brother? Prayerfully, you ain't die or nothing. No, nah, no. Nah, this is a, this is an actual cool one, man. I'm a like uh, y'all. So I mean, yeah, this is between, a bad between Rel and Jr. Somebody gonna get shot. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I'm done. Done. I'm done. You know what I mean? Mike about to bust the the the, the college player with the chronic. Right, um, you know, he about to get somebody kicked off the team. Right, <laughs> mix up <and> weed. <laughs> right. Um, nah. Um, so this is after Katrina. This is like my third time going to New York, and I'm like, all right, I got that FEMA money. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm about to wild out the FEMA money. I did, bro. It was like, yo, you all right? I'm like, dude, I got FEMA money, bro. I got y'all. I'm about to buy the bar buying records I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna wild out so right i get the fat beats right mm. and i'm like yo this is what they've been telling me about fat beats fat beats so i go up there i think it's stairs it leads up to the stairs right and it's, it's real small it's like maybe the size of a garage or something a little bigger than a garage so mm-hmm. i get there and the first thing i find was like your boy uh from the islands i find this mad lib uh cd called mind fusion and it's real hard to find, especially nowadays. It's like an instrumental. Then there's a mind fusion jazz and a mind fusion uh, hip hop. And then uh, then I found the Shaolin Sounds on vinyl. So Shaolin Sounds, I don't know if you have that, but it's all the Wu Tang original songs on five different albums. Like there's a black cover, a yellow cover, red color, and a green color. So. And I bought the Mad Villainy out there as well and the Danger Doom. So after I left Fat Beats, I get on the, uh, the A train <clears throat> to go back to Brooklyn because I was staying around Church Ave at the time. And then, uh, yeah, that was my experience, man. It was like I'm riding a train in New York. I'm walking across the Brooklyn Bridge. I'm going to Fat Beats. It was just like I'm going to Gnarsa to eat pizza. Garlic balls, like I had a real experience, man. You, you in hip hop heaven, right? Oh (laughs) man, it was amazing. I'm the train is shifting. I'm listening to Doom while the train is shifting. I'm looking at dudes bump old ladies out the way. Like I'm like, New York is wild. So yeah, bro, it was that was a that was a dope experience, man. That's dope. That's dope. Rel, give me something without you getting killed this time, man. Yeah, yeah. So, so this one, um, got like kind of a recurrent theme now. I'm thinking about it, but this one, um. It wasn't what I went through to get it, but just the the events that day. So uh, this was Mob Deep's Hell on Earth, right? So mm. on a former show, I remember I told you how me and my best friend were like too influenced by Mob Deep. Like, 
right to where I was like, yeah. like yeah i was like yeah, we might got it you know what i'm saying so i'm in <laughs> i'm in my old head's car he let me drive i ain't got no license again it's, Damn, <laughs> really? it's not a <laughs> listen 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 so in philly there was a a a, a thing where we were like a lot of people was in what we call johnny's which is stolen cars but this wasn't stolen this was my old head car but he let me hold it we go me and my best friend i get the mobby hell on earth cd so there was this girl in my class that i had like a crush on um and she was cool with me but i don't think she looked at me like that she was one of those girls like the baddest girl in the school she ain't messing with no dudes in high school. All the dudes she messed with is grown. You know what I'm saying? So right, right, right. So I'm I'm driving. We playing hell on her. We zoned out. Man, we zoning out. And I I'm driving and I see her. And so she see me. So she see me whipping. So she like, real what's up? So we so I can <laughs> cut the mob down. I'm like, oh man, this is it. I cut the mob down. She comes to the. So we we talking. My man Jason's gonna say, "Man, stop talking to that bitch and cut the mob back on." I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Wow. Ooh. Wow. I'm like, dog. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, he like, man, stop. I'm like, come on. So I like, come on, bro. Like, and so. <laughs> I had to wrap it up and kept it pushing. Man, I'm like, man. Oh my god, bro. Why, why, why would you do that, bro? You know why? You know why, bro? You know why, bro? Straight that, hate. Cause that's some nigga shit. That's some <laughs> yeah, nigga shit. That's exactly All the way. what that is. There's no All other way to explain way. that than that's some nigga shit. Okay. Right. This has here's the crazy thing. This has nothing to do with a chick. I'm downtown outside the gallery. I got my man Classic with me. We just got the new issue of the source. I say, Classic, stay in the car. If a cop come and give you a ticket, just move the car. You know what I mean? Here the keys. Right? I go buy my Jordans. I come back. This motherfucker is still in the front seat reading the source. A fucking parking ticket on the on the damn on the windshield. Wow. My dude. nigga. You never looked up from the source to see somebody sit here and write a ticket on the car? Why rail? Nigga shit. Nigga. This is a prime example of nigga shit. But here's, the is, bad, I, here's the bad part. My friend, he not even like that. He not, he's like a really mild mannered. This mob deep shit got in over. Got him, yeah. yeah. I yeah. said, yeah. And he like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga was hypnotized. This nigga, yeah, he turned, this nigga turned into prodigy on the uh, infamous intro. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, yo, what the? And she, oh. she was put off guard. She but she, the conversation was basically done after that. She was just like, right. well, what's up with your man? I'm like, yo, I talk to you in school, man. Like, mm. <laughs> this dude said, stop talking to that bitch and cut the mob back up. What type of shit is that? Wow. <laughs> Yo, here's the funny part. Here's the funny part that he put the mob. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's like, yo, yo, put the woo back in. That's what you would just say. Put mob back on. This nigga said, put the mob, put the mob back that's, on. That's where you know where he was at in his head. He was oh, going. Yeah, he was going. He was going. Yeah. That, that nigga was speaking the done language, man. That nigga was right. on a whole nother, on a whole right. nother level. On right. a whole right. nother level. All right, let's try this one more game. Mix. <laughs> Mix. Yeah. Mix. 
Yes. You good? No, it's still scrambling up. I'm gonna try to get it out. Let's see. Am I okay? You you good for now? Tell a story, good brother, while we got you. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Okay. Y'all can hear me? Yeah. yeah. Tell a story, bro. Okay, this was basically my pursuit of a super rare, hard to find hip hop sample. For years, I always knew what it sounded like and would describe it in every store I would go to, but never knew what it was. But a few years ago, I happened to be uh, record hunting on my birthday using a gift card um, that my brother gave me for a place out here called Louisiana Music Factory, which specializes in a lot of local New Orleans music and, and some rarities. Not not so much hip hop, but mostly like soul jazz and other genres. So I'm, I'm in there being real thorough, you know, digging through all the vinyl, digging through all the used CDs, going through the new section, trying to burn up this gift card. And uh, I, I was about to leave and I was getting frustrated. So eventually I, um, I said, let me try one more time. And I'm gonna I'm go to an area that I didn't really visit. So I went to the um, to the soul section, just the regular soul section, like the newer material, with a few oldies, you know, tucked in there. And something told me pick up the Fatback Band, Hustle '69 to '84 CD. And so my gut feeling told me this had to be the record because I I remember somebody saying it might be them that did the sample. The sample's kind of like that. Ooh ah. So eventually uh. When I got home, I just took a big chance. And uh, once I played it, I lost my mind. It was an original sample for Pure Righteousness by Lakim Shabazz. And it was uh, also Money in the Bank by Kooji Rap. Oh. And he actually sampled, they sampled it twice in the G-Rap song, two different ways. But was it so the joint it, you wanted? It took me like forever to find that. But was it the joint you wanted? The original sample you was looking for? Yes, it was the original joint I wanted. Five. Yeah. Five. Oh. Dope, yeah, dope, it took dope. forever, but I've been pursuing it since I first heard it on Pure Righteousness. I could never find out what it was. And All I just right. found it. This was like probably four years ago. All right. That's what's up. That's what's up. The next joint I got is actually a horrible experience. It's the year is 1997. Now, from 93 to like 97, I worked at the radio station. Um, so I'm getting shit for free. I ain't paid for an album or a CD in years. I moved to Atlanta with my girl at the time. And I feel like, I don't know if y'all remember that second Superman movie when Clark Kent like was like, yo, he reneged on his powers because he just wanted to be human so he could fuck with Lois Lane like that. And like he went to a yeah. bar and he got, and he got beat up. You know what I mean? That's how I felt being in Atlanta because it was like, I felt human again. I had to buy music. I hadn't brought music in, in five years. So it was like, yo, I'm really spending money so i buy two cds that i'm hype as hell for these are the two sophomore albums to me of two of the dopest mcs at that time i'm talking mike geronimo's vendetta and i'm talking jay-z's in my lifetime volume one you're coming off a reasonable you're coming off a reasonable doubt so i'm like my expectations are through the roof you're coming off the natural i mean i'm on the train like on another planet like just so hyped to listen to these albums so i'm listening to mike geronimo and i'm just like yo what the fuck like what yo like i want my money back like yo this is the first time i've spent money on music in five years and i'm like yo this is trash you know what i mean 
and then I'm listening to Jay, and, and it starts off so wonderful with, with you know, a million and one questions and rhyme no more. I'm like, ooh, Primo and Jay back together. Then this shit go to the city's mom with Black Street. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> then we then we go in the I know where girls like oh, oh. Mm-hmm. and I'm like, yo, this yo, what the but then we come back with imaginary players. And yeah. I'm like, okay, okay, we back. Then we go in the streets is watching. I'm like, yo, we back, yo, we good. Then we go in the friend of foe. And I'm like, yo, this is great. Then we get to always be my son. This yo, this album drove me. This album is half whack, half incredible. You know what I mean? I mean, it just took me through a, a, a variety of emotions. And I do want to do a show eventually about that year, 1997, because there were so many sophomore albums, Smith and Wesson's, um, The Shining Joint. It, it it wasn't, you know, I mean, not The Shining, I apologize, uh, Rude Awakening. You know what I mean? Their, their sophomore album coming off The Shining, and it was just like, yo, here we go again. You know what I mean? So it was just like, it was so much frustration of trying to just, it, I mean, my expectations were through the roof, and it was just like, it got shitted on by these two albums that I really thought I, it's like going to see a movie that you swear is going to be the greatest thing you're ever going to see and then it's just trash so or you know so that that was my thing with that of course uh, give me another story what, what you got bro uh that those two albums frustrated a lot of people uh the way they frustrated you and I saw that Mike Geronimo thing happening when I saw the single with, with Puff I was like oh I don't like this this <laughs> had to do that. You know what I'm saying? And I, I was like, yo, I still bought the CD though. Um, just off of the, the natural, but yeah, I was disappointed. And volume one, the same thing. It's like so much garbage on end and it's so much incredible stuff. It's like it, it brings a CD down. That's that's one of his lower CDs to me, even though it got some a couple of his best songs, like, you know what I'm saying? Right. But yeah. And then for me, it was like, and Jay went back and spoke on it. Like this was him trying to master the Biggie recipe of being able mm-hmm. to make radio songs and make street songs. And like, I mean, he even said like he didn't get it until um the joint with Jermaine Dupree, uh, "Money Ain't a Thing." He was like, he felt like that was his first time. So you know, trying to get with Black Street, trying to get with Babyface, and all of that. But it just it, it just wasn't working. Porsche, give me another story, Miss. So this one, um, this is actually one of my favorite stories and it's the most low drama story ever. Um, but I had, <laughs> I had just moved. So this is like prior to the Phoenix. Um, well, actually, yeah, something in and around the Phoenix um, story. But anyway, so um, I'm, we've moved to BC. Um, I, we, my cousins live here and they're the only people I knew um, at the time because we hadn't started school yet um and so we i go over to my cousin's house and she she's a a little bit older than i am um and i didn't know but she really liked hip-hop at the time and she was like getting rid of a bunch of her stuff in her room and she was like doing this big i guess i was there for like the spring cleaning she had like three you know remember when you used to put cds with the liner notes in the cd binders mm-hmm. and then they were like and you could get like the really big ones that had that looked like a briefcase almost mm-hmm. they were just like probably like two inches thick and they had like the four per page yeah. or i guess eight per page front yeah. and back she had like three of those 
And I'm like, and she's got them in the pile of like the garbage pile. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And she was like, oh, I don't know. You can look through it. I'm looking through it. Yo, this was like a treasure chest of, of hip hop. I'm looking at like the So why was she throwing it? Why was she throwing right. it away? I'm getting there. So it's like, okay, my bad. Outcast, she's got Illadelph in there. She's oh, got wow. Red Man's Joints, Grave Diggers. She's got mm. Wu Tang Forever. She albums I also had, but she had like way more, way more. And I was like, this is what it feels like to be around like a city that has music, right? <laughs> and I was like, well, are you seriously gonna get rid of these? And she's like, yeah, I, I've grown out of it. And I was like, grown out of it? What the? Like, mm. I can't even compute in my brain. This was the first time. I had heard someone tell me, you will grow out of hip hop. I didn't even wow. know that that was a thing. And I was like, I'll take them. I was like, "If you, I will buy them off of you. Like, how much do you want? And she was like, just take them. Oh, I wow. got like, I don't even know how many CDs there were, but I would literally reorganize those things just so I could like touch the CDs more and like be more involved in it all the weekly, weekly. And I would create like an index page and I would like organize them out. I did them alphabetically. Then I did them by like cover art. Then I did them by, oh my God, it was like wow. nuts. Um, but yeah, she gave me, <laughs> she gave me what I have as my collection. Um, even though I've duplicated some of the albums, but I told her, I was like, how could you be throwing these out? And she goes, I've grown out of hip hop. You will too, but keep them for now. And I was like, I'm never gonna grow out of hip hop. And if you never. ever, and I'm like, and if you ever realize you want, I, I swear to God, I told her this. I said, if you ever want these back, I will have them for you. And she, I apologize. This is your cousin, right? This is my cousin. That's yeah. a beautiful thing to say. God bless you. Because once you get a hip hop, it's right. God bless you. God bless It'll, you. There was right. so many you. CDs. This was like, you guys, you know, eight CDs per page, three binders. And right, that's like yes, a 24 yes. page joint. Like, yeah. that's a lot of CDs. <laughs> that's a lot of money. I was like, yo, if you want these back, I got them for you. Like, I'm going to take right. care of these. And I still to this day have them. Um, they just don't have the CD cases, just the liner right. notes and the actual disc. But like, yeah. And it was the first time someone had ever told me, you're going to grow out of hip hop. And I didn't ever know what that meant. Um, and to this day, I like, kind of my claws come out when people say um you're gonna grow people grow out of hip-hop like it just it, it, that gets me into in my soul like i just cannot with that whole concept so yeah <laughs> no, no doubt no doubt that's dope greg what you got brother all right so i'm gonna take you to um 1990 spring break um me and my peoples would go to virginia beach and um we would stay with my my man's cousin james so a little background when NWA dropped, right, some of my friends saw my interest in the group and saw that I really liked them. And then they also noticed that I might I might look similar to one of them dudes, right? In the group. Uh -oh. So, uh -oh. so I became Ice Cube, right? That was that was the you know what I'm saying? That was that was one of my nicknames, right? In the hood, like a little joke, right? So Summer of 90, I mean, sorry, Spring Break 90, 1990, America's Most is going to come out, right? right. So we're, we're in VA. My man James, who we were staying with, gets gets a call that somebody has an advanced copy that I could go purchase, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, cra I'm going crazy. 
Now, mind you, again, there was a lot of recreational activity going on, you know, right. we were in Virginia. Um, <laughs> you know, so we were we were all lit. It was me and and um, me and four of my people, and and one of their girlfriends. Right? We go get the album, but it was a two and a half hour drive. Right. We get lost. We ran out of gas at some point. Oh, we're, we're in Virginia but here's the thing James ain't with us he's at work he just let us take his whip all day and we're supposed to go pick him up so we show up late like probably like an hour and a half late because we have to push the car get gas all this nonsense right and um, get directions on how to get back because this is 1990 no GPS right 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 um, but I had the America's Most Wanted album <laughs> and, and, and it was and it was about seriously it was probably like two or three weeks before anybody else when i got back to new york a week later it took two weeks before it came out up here wow. right so um and it was a good spot too like it was crazy because then I, I we ended up buying bud when we were over there like at the record store it was crazy it was crazy but mm -hmm. i got the record and then i got the ice cube jokes to like the next level Right, right, right. Because you're the only one with America's Most, right? I was the only one. I was the only one. And and dude said that I I had transformed into Ice Cube for like a, a year or two. <laughs> so it just made it even more funny. I just didn't have the, the Jerry curl. That was the only right. difference. But right. yeah. So yeah. That, that's my little Ice Cube. Uh, the VA Troop Out 2 story yeah. just to get America's Most, bro. I feel, you, man. I, feel hours, you. Bro. I feel you. Tell me this. And, um, mm -hmm. Did, did that make when you listen to America's Most now? Does what you have to do to get it like make your love for it that much more? Oh my God! Yeah, and and but but remember what the first song was, right? Right. The album, nigga, the nigga nigga you love hate. Mm -hmm. Once that played, everybody in the car turned around and looked at me, and they were like, "Uh huh, this is that nigga we love to hate, right?" Like it was just so it already it has another connotation to it for me. Right, like right, right, right. It's something that we all remember, like about that trip. So that's dope. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Jr., give me something, good brother. Um, this is when uh, college dropout came out. Okay. My last, my this was my senior year high school. Um. <laughs> So it came, these albums came out on Tuesday. So I was like, all right, I need to go get this. I need to go get this album before I get to class. So y'all know the record store don't open till like 10. Right. Mm -hmm. so I was like, so my mom was like, all right, so, you know, I was still taking the bus. I don't know why, and I had a car. But I was like, yeah, I'm gonna take the bus today, blah, blah, blah. She was like, all right, well, I'll see you later. I was like, all right, cool. So she was like, um, you going to class, right? I think my mother had already knew that I was about to do some <laughs> crazy shit. But she was like, you, you going to class? And I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm going to class. I was like, she was like, all right, cool. And I was like, nah, I ain't going there till I get that motherfucking college dropout so I can have that shit in my portable walk, my portable CD player so I could walk around class with it. So I was like, all right. And there's a Sam Goody that's literally by my my high school so i was like all right cool so it's about 9 30 i'm like all right i'm about to leave the crib whatever whatever i catch the bus the 
you know, it was uh, the 818. So I catch that, right? Mind you, my mom works close to the Sam Goody, though. Yeah, yeah. You keep playing with fire, Jill. Man, exactly. with fire, right. you already done got busted with full moon. You think I would have thought, right? All right. Because like, before then, it was like a couple of mixtapes that came out. So I had already heard Spaceship already. I done heard Family Business already. So I was like, I want this shit. This shit is fire. Like, I want it. So I was like, all right. Now, mind you, I was on the phone with my peoples the night before telling them, y'all, I'm getting this shit. Not knowing that my mother was on the other line. I'm like, all right. So she was like, yeah, you go ahead, go ahead, whatever, whatever. So I was like, so I was telling them, y'all, yeah, I'm gonna come to school with this jump, blah, blah, blah. This shit is crazy. So I walk up in the Sam Goody, right? I'm thinking I'm clean, I'm good, buy it, walk out. Guess who's walking up the alleyway? My mother. He was like, yeah, she, look. She ain't smack you by now? Oh, no. I, so, so, she was like, <laughs> you told me that you was going to go to class, right? You was going to go on time and all this. I was like, yo, how? So, I'm getting mad because I'm like getting mad at her. I'm like, how the hell you know what I'm doing? Like, how did you even know? She was like, you were on my phone in my house trying to be sneaky and saying what you're going to do. I'm all in my room because I keep my door closed. So I'm not thinking she on the other line. You know what I'm saying? I'm right. thinking, like, yeah, y'all, I'm a blah, blah, blah. So I got there. And mind you, there's people in the mall. I don't even know these people. My mom slapped the shit out of me in that mm-hmm. mall, y'all, and said, take your ass to school. I'm 17. She was like, take your ass to school. And I came back home. And this is where everything gets funny. She was like, yo, I don't knock you for this. Because this album is the shit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't knock. She was like, I don't knock you, even though I'm mad that you did it. And she embarrassed me in front of these people. I don't even freaking know. But I get home and she like, Yo, this album is dope, and she loves School Spirit because she's an AKA. So she liked that sample that he did with Aretha. So mom had heard all the samples. She was like, this is a dope album. She was like, that's why I took off today because I already knew you was on some funny shit. And I got busted. But at the end of the day, she was like, the album was hot, and we both rock with it. So that, that was the best thing about it, even though I got slapped. But... At the end of the day, she liked the record though, so that was. Yo, it's, it's so ironic because I was like, "When is this slap coming?" Because between the brandy and I'm sure some other stories in between. Oh no, no, I played it cool. Like everything else, I was just like, "All right, I'm good." Like when Fifty and and um, Jay came out the same day, when they came, G Unit and Black Album came out the same day. Like that came out on a Friday, so I was like, "I right, ain't no big deal." So I was like, "I ain't doing that shit no more," but. College dropout was the shit. So I was like, yo, yeah, I gotta yeah. get this. I wanna go to class with that shit and just showing off like y'all I got that shit. Y'all motherfuckers gotta wait till after school. Right. I had well, to I wait till after school till I got home. So the funny thing is is that's I, I'm the I was the type of kid and the type of liar who'd be like, Mom, you know what the fuck is wrong with this situation? Nigga, you got peoples out here whose children hooked on drugs. 
out here selling drugs. <laughs> out here selling drugs. All I want to do is uh, go buy a goddamn CD. Do you know how blessed you are right now? That's like me and my mom's relationship. I would have been like, you know how blessed you are right now that all you got to worry about is me buying some music? Like, but that's I, it. And you, but I probably wouldn't have got the slap because I got angry because I'm like, how the hell you know I was here? Like, right. That's right. what it was. If I would have played it cool, like, damn, I got busted. You know what I mean? It is right. what it is. But I'm getting mad. Like, why are yeah, you here? Yeah. Like, yeah, you tried to rise up. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. I yeah. feel you. Now try give me some, brother. Uh, 1991. Uh, I was living in Atlanta. Moved back to New Orleans. Uh, 1991. Back with my pops. And two live crew. I'm in the two live crew because you know the hormones. You know, I'm in the south. They playing pop that coochie and <laughs> and all this. I'm seeing a video. I'm seeing a cover. I'm like, oh my god, look at these girls. So I get to. They had a uh, flea market uh, on the West Bank uh, called Rock Bottom Flea Market. They sold bootlegs. So I get the CD. You know, I do tours around the house with my dad's giving me allowance. You know, twenty dollars a week, twenty dollars every other week. And he don't know what I'm buying, so he I got the tapes on my dresser lined up. Two live crew, bust down. Another two live crew, a Luke album. And he comes in my room. He's like, "Son, this is what you buying with your allowance? Like, I'm not paying for this shit. You're not getting no more allowance. Allowance is cut off." I'm like, "I bet." So that him cutting my allowance off made me go. My grandfather was like, "I'm working. You can come work with me." on Saturdays, and mind you, my grandmother, my grandfather's working in the cemetery, we rebuilding graves in the city, and I get $20 a week, just like my dad, so my dad not giving me allowance because I wanted to listen to hip hop, Lynch Mob, Two Live Crew, made me start, so I started working at 13, man, so, for hip hop, to buy hip hop music, you know Yo, <laughs> oh God. But, here, but here's the kicker, bro, you ain't, you're working in cemeteries. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's another level, my nigga. Like, right. I don't know if I was that now. Okay. okay. We, he, he was doing masonry work, right? So in New Orleans, the cemeteries are above ground. Oh, right, 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 right. We're below sea level. So we go by the, we work in that cemeteries where Marie Laveau, the voodoo queen, was buried. Bro, you know what? Like, yo, how could you work oh, nah, in the cemetery burn? Oh no! Nah. And I'm like, yo, man, I'm getting paid. I get to buy the Ghetto Boys. I get to buy Ice T original Gangsta. Oh, the Ghetto Boys would have had to wait, my brother. Yeah, nah, bro, I needed it. Again, That's all. again, for people watching, this dude is 13 working in a cemetery. <laughs> okay. Damn, that I'm don't mixing. talk to you about if that don't talk to you about love for hip hop, bro. I don't know if I'm working in a cemetery. Well, I can do it now. I've I've, I've, I've conquered my fear of dead bodies, but that was like a fear because I grew up watching the Walking Dead movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I was so shook of those movies. Like when my pop was looking for a new house and he was looking at a house that had the Amityville um, windows, Ooh. and I was like, "Yo, we can't, we can't. Come on, Dad. Like, you know, he like, nigga, just shut up. I'm gonna buy whatever I want to buy. And I'm like, nigga, this not Dad. Like, come on, my nigga. Like, that's Amityville, you know. And then we ended up buying a house that was a block away from the cemetery. And I'm like, well, we done. You know, we're <laughs> fucked because when niggas come back to life, like, nigga, we done. We right there. Like, you know right. what I mean? So right. it's like it's a wrap. Right, we we're the first niggas. Like nigga, we just watched the, the fucking you know not the Walking Dead, a Return of Living Dead. Right, you we're we're done. You know what I mean? So you know, I definitely 
was always scared of that vice. But eventually I got over my fear, but I feel you. That there's no way at 13 I could work in a cemetery and I really love hip hop. So I, yeah. I commend you, good brother. I, I definitely commend you because yeah, definitely. that's love. Well, what you got for me, man? Um, so this one um involved it is involves a, two singles. So you remember they used to sell like singles in yeah. the in the record store or whatever. Mm-hmm. So so my my younger cousin, he used to go to the he had a babysitter. He would go to this lady's house in Mount Airy on off of Wadsworth Avenue. And sometimes I would go over there. With, I would go there with him. And it was some guys from around the way. They probably was like 18, 19. And they had all the, you know, they were the cool, they, you know what they was doing. They had all right, the, right. the clothes and the money and all that. So <laughs> one day, um, my uncle took me and my boy to the mall and he was doing his thing and we go play the arcade play arch rivals on the, uh, at the arcade and uh, I wanted to go buy two singles these were my two favorite songs at the time I, I'm like nine by the way and it was this is the first time I was going to buy music with my own money you know what I'm saying I had, I had money I was going to buy these two singles it was EPMD crossover and faking the funk mm. main source. Wow. Right. So I'm like, yo, I'm you know, I'm telling my boy, I'm like, yo, I'm about to get these. So I go in there and I get faking the funk. And I'm looking for the EPMD John and I see it and there's one left. So I grab that, boom. So it it was kind of like simultaneous, like when I picked up the tape. The dude, uh, cause one of the dudes name was Shay from around the way. Him and his friends were in there. And one of them was like, yo, y'all got the, I need that uh, crossover. And they like, well, we had one left and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm standing there with it. And they look at me and I'm like, I'm just standing there like, <laughs> I'm not, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, oh, so man. one of his friends is like, oh no, nah, we gotta get that shorty. I'm like, no. I'm like, hell no. No, you're not. I'm like, this is mine. <laughs> like, and he's like, yo, listen. He was like, Shay was like, because I only knew one of them, and that was Shay. He was like, um, yo, listen. question. What's Shay's real name? Yo, I don't remember. I just know him as Shay. He always, uh, brown skin, had the Jeff haircut all the time with the Alpinas on. He was the epitome of a Philly dude, street dude. Like, he looked. All right, all right. No, no, I, I forget that we got a, we got an age difference because my man' was, name was Von Shay. His name was Shay, but, they, but, but Shay his real was, name was Von Shay. But Shay's so. old. Shay's old. Shay was older than me. Shay was. Oh, Shay so was, that may be. It may be him. Yeah, Shay was older than me. All of them was older okay. than me. You know what I'm saying? So, right. which is why I was scared when they was like, "No, this is ours." You know what I'm saying? Right. right so right. I'm like, no, I'm like, no, like, and my boy's <laughs> like, man, you trip. I'm like, no. But I knew Shay. Shay knew me from the baby's heat from around the way at the baby's right, 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 right. So Shay's like telling his man, nah, nah. He said, rap one of the verses and you can have it. Mm, okay. Mm. Which which at the time for that song was not a problem for me because that was my favorite song at the time. I was so pressed. So I rapped it, rapped the verse, and he bought Shay paid for that. He paid wow. for he paid wow, for uh, faking wow. the pump, and he bought me like two other two other tapes 
And he paid for it out of his pocket. I was a half That That was the first, like, my first favorite rapper was LL, right? But that I don't know what it was about Crosso. I look, I, I heard it in my cousin's Jeep, oh, and I was like, yo, I, I love, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And then, and then I then faking the funk. Uh, it was on a soundtrack. Um, yeah, the white man, uh, white man my, can't jump soundtrack. Yeah, and it was, you know, it was extra P and Nick the Exotic, mm-hmm. and I just love that song. So I said. I got this money. I got enough to go play the arcade, but this is what I'm buying these two singles with. You know what I'm saying? And I, wow. I went in there and I got them, and he bought, he bought all of it for me. So it was a good, it was a good dope. day. That's dope. That's dope. Um, shit, what do I got? Um, I'll talk about the time straight out of Compton. So straight out of Compton comes out. I'm a little late on it because you know at first I see him with Jerry Curls. I'm like, I'm not feeling this shit. Yeah, you know I mean, or whatever like that. And then my man Sean, my old head Sean, was like, yo, man, kill, listen to this shit. And he played it for me. I was like, yo, that shit crazy. Bro, I go to Sheltonham Mall Record Theater. They don't got it. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. I got to get this joint. It's a Friday. I'm like, yo, it's raining. I'm like, you know what? Let me just go to the sound of Germantown. So I get on the XH. It's raining. Whatever, whatever. Now, Germantown and, and Uptown, they two different places. You know, it's like going mm-hmm. to a whole nother. Germantown, you really... To this day, I don't go to Germantown unless you unless you got a reason to be there. There's no just hanging out in Germantown. Like, you know, whether you're going to risk it for a girl or you, you got to have a reason to go to Germantown. So I was like, fuck it. I'm, I don't care. I'm in the rain. Go to Germantown. Get a sound in Germantown. Buy the cassette. I'm happy as hell. Get on the XH. Back on the bus. I'm soaking wet. Popping and I'm listening to it. Yo, by the time we probably got to like the last verse of Fuck the Police, the tape pop, man. Oh, oh, like, oh. No. An official? Oh. This wasn't bootleg, right? This was nah. official. Official, bro. Official. Oh, man. Yo, and, and I'm halfway home, so I'm like, bro, I'm not going back, you know, trying not to get robbed or jump going back to Germantown. Or they even, I don't even know if they would even, I don't even know the tape return policy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know what they would do. So it was just salty as hell. Like, damn, like, I don't, I don't believe it went out like that. Um, another quick story, Life After Death, Rel. For me, Life After Death, I would go up to the um, record store of Roar because a lot of times stuff used to come out on Tuesday, but a lot of times the record stores would get it on Friday. You know what I mean? So sometimes you would have it ahead of time. So I went there, got Life After Death, copped it, listened to it, just played it over and over again, loved it. When it came out on Tuesday, I had never seen anything like this before. I went to Circuit City. And if I don't know how it was anywhere else, but in Philly, like if you brought something from Circuit City, like a DVD, uh, well, not even DVDs weren't even out. Well, yeah, they just came. No, I don't even know if DVD. If you brought a CD player or something big, you had to like buy it and then they'd send you to the basement to go pick it mm-hmm. up. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Wow. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. yeah they, you, you had to go pick it up. But the crazy thing is, is I walked in the store and all you heard was Life After Death. I mean, the entire store was playing Life After Death. Normally in Circuit City, they're just playing that in the CD department. And it's kind of on the low. The whole store was playing Life After Death. I go down in the basement, the people getting the boxes, listening to the 10 Crack Commandments. These niggas knew every word. The album just came out. Like, I had never seen anything like it. The closest thing, I've never seen anything like it up to that point. The only thing I ever saw close, well, I guess even bigger than that was when 50 dropped. Because when 50 dropped, 
I probably went to about eight, nine stores and they were sold out. <laughs> me too. Everywhere. Yeah, me like, too. Like I had never seen anything like that. Like it was like, yo, I've never experienced nothing like this before where you're going store to store to store to store and it was just sold out everywhere. So the big thing was just crazy because I had never, everybody already knew like every word to it, like the day of. And it just was a testament to just how big um, that joint was. You know what I mean? Porsche, I know you said you only had three. Do you have any more? I, I do, but it's not album related, but it's hip hop related. Yeah, is yeah. Fine? Let me hear. Yeah. Okay, so I don't remember which Wu Tang CD it was, but I don't know if you guys remember in the CD booklets at the very end, they would have like a Wu Wear address for yes. where yeah. it was Wu Wear New yeah. York. Cuban Link had was, that. Yeah, Cuban Links had that. Um, and I can't remember one of the albums, I think, had a phone, like a 1 800 number where you could call to like order Wu Wear. Yes. But they would never. Um, like my mo- i would always call and they would never they were like basically if you're in canada you're you're out like you can't get it so i was like okay where do i find like i it got to the point where i would call and be like look i know i'm in canada you're not gonna ship here where can i find woo wear here and i want like official woo wear so there's this like one store in vancouver Man, the area is the dodgiest, most sketchiest area. It's not even called anything. I think there's like a wooden board on the door. Um, <laughs> and, and this is this is like, and I see it's like the size of a fridge. Like the opening is the size of oh, a refrigerator. What? This is so I I make my mother drive me. Like this is Wu Wear Wu Tang. Like you guys know, I made it for my for my New Year's table with a Wu logo on it. Yeah. So my mom's like, oh fuck, here she goes. So she takes me to this <laughs> store. She's like, this is where you want to go. We're like two. She's she's one of those people who's like, we're women. We can't be here alone. We need a man. Like what's going on? Why did your dad come? <laughs> Anyways, we go in this store and I'm like, I want a Wu Tang sweatshirt. The guy is like, we only have like triple XL size. We don't carry anything for like, like teens or whatever. And we don't have anything for women. I'm like, I'll take it. Double XL, triple XL, whatever, I'll take it. My mom's like, so I lift up this sweatshirt. It's literally the size of like a curtain. My mom's like, this this is what you're gonna wear? I'm like, I swear to God, this is what I'm gonna wear. She's like, it's $95. And this is like way back when, right? So it's like pricey. She's like, I'm not paying $95. I'm literally arguing with her in the store. I'm like, I'm not leaving the store without this sweatshirt. She's like, you're not going to wear this outside with me ever. And I was like, I don't care. I just want it. I end up wearing this thing literally looked like I I just, it would cover my whole face down to my like past my knees. And I was like, I don't care. I'm going to cop this. I'm going to wear this. She was like, you're not wearing it ever. Like we are not, you are not leaving the house with this attire. So I wore it every day in the house. Every day in the house. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it was the only one I ever got from that store. She was so scared. <laughs> yeah, it was hard, man. We didn't have Wu-Tang stores down here, neither in New Orleans, man. So that the Wu-Wear struggle was very- It wasn't a Wu-Wear store. They just had like a section where they carried right some Wu Wear stuff. And I knew it was official because the tag on the sweatshirt matched my CD. And I was like, this is the one. He's like, I only have like triple XL. I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> I don't care. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Greg Boogie, give me another one, good brother. All right, so this is a little different. This is, um, I'm gonna call it the curse of, of Queen Latifah. All right? All right. Just, just feel me on this, all right? So her first album, when it drops, 
I cop it, right? One of my favorite records of all time. I love it. Yep. I, I was a fan of her, like, from Wrath of My Madness or whatever leak. You know, like, how we talked about Yeah, the yeah, yeah, how we got the 12 inches, yeah. Right. So, I guess, like, during the album run, she did a promo, like, she was on promo tour, and she comes to NYU to give, like, um, some kind of, like, lecture, right? Or just, like, she's there, right? So, me... You know, back then I had a little problem with um, my mouth and um, also intoxicants and, and some of the things that would come out of my mouth were crazy, right? So she's giving this lecture, right? And I'm like, I'm drinking. Actually, I was drinking in the in the lecture. I was drinking 40s, right? So I'm like, I tell my man Mark, I'm like, yo, Mark, I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to get another 240s from me and you, right? So I said, watch this. I get up in the middle of her speaking. And I go, hey, yo, <laughs> I stop Latif and I go, yo, I'm going to go to the store. You want a hero in a 40? Right? Everybody. Uh, looks at you me, you, yo, you say this to Latifah. Yes, I say this to Latifah. Oh, wow. She wow. Just looks at me like, this guy is a fucking idiot, right? Everybody, Ooh. everybody looks at me like, you see the Black Student Congress people, everybody like, they're already wow. drawing the, the, the target, like my face, the target, they're going to get me, right? So I leave. I come back, whatever, like I make what I'm heckling from the crowd, whatever, right? So this is where the curse kicks in. She said something when I left, like this guy's like a fool or whatever. She was she said it PG, right? Somebody told me. So now my girl at the time, the record was at her crib. Within a day, she breaks up with me. Okay? For absolutely no reason. Takes the CD, right? Takes it. I think it was a tape. No, it was a tape, right? All right, fine. A couple of years later, I buy the CD version. I'm like, oh, word. Let me, let me pick this up again. I don't know how this happens. The girl that I'm with breaks up with me within oh. two or three days of me buying the CD and breaks it, right? Okay, all right, fine, fine. I said, I'm gonna wait this motherfucker out, right? <laughs> you like, this curse, this curse gotta have a time Two more years and then Yo, so this is, so now we're like in 99, right? 98, 99. I buy the Queen Latifah CD, right? And I'm with my girl at the time, another girl in the Bronx. And I don't know what it was. I think I might have been staying at her crib. There's a party, right? One of her friends, like a close family friend, but, you know, they call a relative, is there. And I noticed she's like a little crazy. Turns out she has like a little crackhead, right? Mm. <laughs> you know, the party goes on. It's fun, whatever, whatever, right? The next day, I wake up. I'm like, oh, let me go listen to my Queen Latifah CD, right? She stole the Queen Latifah CD. The crackhead. <laughs> the crackhead. Yo, I'm not, yo, I was like, yo, this is a curse. Like, I was like, I can't buy this. This is three in a row. I was like, listen, I'm not buying this CD or this record. I'm not even downloading it now because I'm right. afraid of what's going to happen next. You're going to get a virus on the computer. Bro, right. Right. yeah, bro. and 
I know it has something to do with what I said to her that day. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I so thought, that's that's it. I thought she was going to say the curse. I thought you were the, the responsible party that I still have to watch Latifah on television on the Equalizer. I thought that uh, was. <laughs> I'm scared. Yo, I'm scared. Hey, there you go. There you go. I'm really wondering when is her run going to be over in television because I don't get it. So, but neither is her. Come on. It's still on. It's still air. They they be they be trying to get oh fifty million people watched Equalizer no they fucking didn't fifty million people didn't see the Equalizer when Denzel was in it so please don't tell me fifty million uh, people saw it with Lassie. Is it still Aaron Kill? Yes, it's still Aaron. Yeah, I mean who? Ooh. I mean here's the thing, y'all. I'm not gonna say nothing. I don't feel like getting canceled. Um, Porsche, I know you gotta get ready to roll. Do you want to give them all your information before you dip out of here? I mean, we <laughs> <laughs> going. We going. Here. It's just on Twitter at Cherche La Porsche. And we do right. Twitter, we're doing Twitter spaces. So we've moved Clubhouse over to Twitter. So um, for now, it's going to be on Twitter spaces Mondays at 6.15 Pacific time and 9.15 Eastern time. So if you guys are on the TL, yeah. Yeah. jump in. Um, unfortunately, there's only 10 speakers allowed, but we're ironing out the kinks and getting everybody kind of in and out of the speaker area so definitely yeah make sure you and, and i was gonna say we're gonna do so because everybody i'm seeing now that we on twitter spaces is getting bigger and everybody don't need to be a speaker so we'll, but we'll work that out you know we'll, 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 we'll work that out but yeah Every, everybody don't everybody don't, raise their hands, don't, don't ask the question and get the fuck back in the audience but like you know we we gotta keep a level on this. At Clubhouse, it was cool because we was only like, you know what I mean, so deep. But now right. we're like tripling what we yeah, got now on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. So yeah. we we but it's been got a dope. It. We did um we saluted Easy Mobi on Monday, good. and it was good, one of my favorite conversations ever. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciate everyone that comes out and sort of you know provides input. So thank you guys, and hopefully everyone kind of joins. It'll it'll be good, good conversation. Yeah. So no thank doubt. you. Take care, right, guys. Boy. So good Thank to see all of you. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye. Have a good okay. night. You too. Right. Bye, guys. JR, what's, what's your last story, good brother? Um, well, it's because I'm. You did say also an album that we love so much that we listen to, right? Yeah. We listen. To. All right. So this is going back to '96. Um, my, uh, we're moving back from South Carolina up north after Mom graduated. And we're coming back up north and um i finally get a chance to kind of get into my grandparents vinyl and 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 eight tracks right so i pull out i pull out i I opened it one day coming from school or whatever because again i don't know anybody i'm back home but i don't know anybody everybody kind of got their own clique they doing their own thing so i'm like all right whatever so, and then my family was very protective. They like, you ain't going nowhere. You stay in the house, you come from school, you come home. I'm like, all right, cool. So I go to the China cabinet and I just opened it. And I just remember like, dang, these some big ass cassettes. What the hell is this? Like, I don't even know what they are. Like, I'm like, what that? So I was like, so I saw Marvin Gaye, what's going on? So I grabbed this eight track and this is, the, and I grab it and my grandparents had the vinyl here, the eight track here, the CD player here. Like it was a whole big entertainment system. So I was like, all right. So now I've never heard what's going on in full. 
I just heard what's going on in inner city blues. That's all I knew. So I was like, all right. So I put it in, and y'all know with the eight track, you can't rewind, you right. can't do none of that. So wherever it starts, it's where you listening from. So I remember this day, the first song that I heard from it was God is Love. Mm. And I played that thing, and I literally sat there for like an hour and a half and just let it ride. And I let that thing play over and over and over again. And I never forget when every day I came home from school, I put that thing in there. So I knew, okay, I knew when I finished playing it when mom got home, cause I got off at school at three. I got home at three, mom got home at 6.30. So I knew I was playing that album literally for a whole five months, every day coming in from there and putting it in. So I knew, all right, I'm getting off with Flying High. I'm coming in the next day listening to Flying High. And I played that album over and over again until my family got so sick of it. They was like, you're not playing this shit no more. Like, you're tired of hearing this shit. You coming home every day putting this in. And then on the weekends, I ain't home. So I'm always up first. I go to the, the China cabinet. I throw what's going on in there. And I'm listening to it constantly on repeat everything so that album i listened to every day for like five six months every day and finally my family was like all right enough all right enough pick another one please we don't even give a damn please pick another one so bro do you know how much you had to listen to an album to make black folk hate right fucking what's going on right like that's I played that every day. They got sick of it. Oh, absolutely. They got sick of it. They was like, we can't take it no more. Because then on the weekends, they're hearing it more because I ain't going nowhere. So, right. so it's in there. So it was just like, yeah, that, that I played over and over and that and that. And it ended up being my second favorite album of all time, actually. So that album is everything to me. So I just remember the day I heard it. And I just played that thing for like five, six months every day. So. That's dope. That's dope. Now, Trey, what's your last joint, bro? 50 years, what, in a week, huh, JL? Yes, sir. On the 21st. Yeah, yeah great out. Uh, <clears throat> all right, I got my last one. I had some more, but I know we're getting late, man. Um, last one I was on, this is New Orleans. Uh, I forgot what year it was, but it's a place called um, Jim Russell Records. It's not here anymore. It's on Magazine Street. It was a two-story house, two-story building. You walk in there, it's dirty as fuck, right? Records everywhere. It's a white couple. The older owner, he was kind of a slight, uh, slightly a racist, you know, but I would pay him no mind, like, dude, I don't care. I get in there and she would ask me like, look, instead of you paying, why don't you help me sort these records out? So I'm like, all right, bet. I go to the jazz section, sort the records out. And I ended up finding, I was digging, I think Supreme Clientele just came out. We reading the line of notes, who produced this, and it was the Nutmeg album, right? So, Eddie Holt, what's his name? Eddie Holt. Eddie Howard. Yeah. Holland, Holland. Holland. And it was called, the song was called It's Over, so I found that one. And I also found the Ronnie Laws, How Many MCs Must Get Dissed sample. Mm-hmm. And so I would work there during uh, Irish, uh, what's that? Uh, St. Patrick's Day, different other holidays, and she would repay me back with maybe five to six uh, albums. So that was, that was my last one. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. Bro, what you got? 
uh, I hate to end it off with this story because it's so terrible. <laughs> Here you go. But, but listen, but listen I, I, learned, I learned a couple valuable lessons um, from this story. Um, like how I met Kills, we were arguing. Well, not how I met him, but one of our first interactions online, we were arguing. Oh, not a shocker. Ben Simmons. (laughs) Right, right. We were arguing about Ben Simmons, right? And, you know, we argue, we disagree, and then I just was like, all right, boom. Well, did you hear this? I just, like, switched the subject. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, yo, you could teach a class on just disagreeing and then it just being that and then moving on to the next subject. I wasn't always like that. And this story is the reason why. Uh... Stillmatic. Um, I was in college. Everybody knows I'm a Nas fan. All my friends know I'm a Nas fan. When the takeover came out, that was Nas's lowest point. And people let me know it. And they mm. they teased me, they heckled me, they would play the takeover around me and run it back and all that. And it, it was it was bad. And I, I you know, it, it it was it was a bad time for me. And so it was a girl from DC uh, that that kind of liked me. She, you know, we were cool. We flirted a little bit. She, um, she said, "I got something for you." I'm like, "Okay." So I remember that day, Ether came out, like Ether dropped. You know what I'm saying? And so this girl, for some. I don't know how she got this, but she had the whole still. She had the stillmatic, and she, you know, she liked me, so she 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 saved it for me. So I'm listening to Ether. I'm look. I'm 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 out of pocket. Like I'm talking so much trash. Like it was like Christmas, bro. Like you gotta understand, they teased me so bad, bro. They teased me so bad when that shit dropped. I was running through the door. Yo, I was I was out of pocket. Everybody had to hear it. And so I w- was playing it for that that girl was there and these two other guys from the dorms or whatever. And we listening and they like, damn, yo, he killed. And so my boy walks in, one of my friends, diehard Jay-Z fan, right? Diehard. And he's drinking. And so I'm trying to let them listen to the song. And he's like, like he keep interrupt, like he's wilding. Like I'm like, yo, chill. Like you know what I'm saying? He's like, nah, fuck that. He he's just belligerent. So, mind you, I'm in a room with two dudes that's not really my boys. So if me and him fight, they want to see the shit. They, you know what I'm saying? They ain't trying to right, break right, that right, up. Right, right. So, yeah. My man's is like, he's like really doing the most. I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo, just I I hot you later. Like come, and he's like, nah, fuck that. And he like. Hawk spit on my floor. Oh, I'm just like, listen, listen, listen. So I'm like, so I'm like, I'm looking. I'm like, yo, what's up with you, dog? Like, and I don't know what he was drinking, but he like what? And I'm like coming towards him, and he like spits in my direction. So you know, spitting that's like the most disrespectful thing. Disrespectful, yeah, man. So. My reflexes, I just swung on him. You know what I'm saying? So I hit him, and I kind of like, you know, 
wrestle him out the door. Boom. So I landed one punch. He's I'll get him out. You know what I'm saying? These two dudes, they they, they want to see this type of shit. But I'm now I'm like, I'm here. So I can't go back down here. I'm 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 gone. Now I'm pissed. You know what I'm saying? So right. I'm like, get the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? I'm going off. So he he his mouth is bleeding. He goes down the hall to some mutual friends of ours and they think he done got jumped. So all of them come down to my dorm room. Oh, no. And now, now I'm I I'm I'm gone. I'm seeing red. So I'm like, I'm going off. I'm like, why the fuck are y'all coming down here? You know what I'm saying? Y'all wouldn't come down here, you know what I'm saying? For no no, y'all ain't his friends like that. What y'all coming down here to do? You know what I'm saying? I'm going off. So he comes back in with a bottle and throws it and it hits me like in my head. So I go running, I go running, and I just dodge my man. And I hit him. Boom. I ain't knock him out, but he was on the ground. You know what I'm saying? And it was just crazy. It was blood everywhere. It was just a big drama, right? And when I calm down, and I guess he sobers up, he goes to the hospital. His jaws broke. It's broke. I feel like I feel like I feel like I feel like shit now. I feel like shit like the the next morning I feel like shit kinda because I'm like this is my man this is my man's you know what I'm saying even though he was way out of pocket I'm 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 looking at myself like why am I arguing over some dudes I ain't never met before and I, I let it get to that point to where we fighting you know what I'm saying like and I just was thinking what I could have done to avoid it. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, people was looking at me. A lot of people understood, but some people was looking at me like I was like, yo, real crazy. Like, what's wrong with it? You know what I'm saying? And it, it, I made sure after that day, I was like, yo, like, I'm not. We can argue and disagree about about music, sports. You know what I'm saying? You know what dudes argue about. Right, right, but right. I'm not letting it get to that point. Mm-hmm. With people I respect or that I'm cool with, like it's it's not that serious, you know what I'm saying? I'm a diehard Nas fan, but I don't know Nas personally, so I'm not. Me and Kill can argue over Nas, but I'm not going to take it to the level of where we really beefing, you know what I'm saying? And that that situation, all because of Stillmatic and Ether and all that, got it to that situation where I didn't broke this dude's jaw, like you know what I'm saying, like. He did spit on your floor, though. He did spit on your floor. He did. No, 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 no it was just like, and I said, I don't it's never, no like, I felt so bad. Yet. I felt so bad. Like, if it was some regular dude, I wouldn't have cared. Like, this was my man. So I felt kind of bad when the story get out on campus. You know how it is in college, kid. I'm at, I'm at copping. Yeah. So when the story get out, it's just people mm-hmm. saying the wrong shit and the saying shit that didn't happen. It just got crazy. You know what I'm saying? The girl was all scared because she was right, right there when it happened. It, it was just crazy, man. And, you know. You that know, the funny important. thing, I, I'll say this, bro. I'll give you credit because I knew a lot of people who was Nas fans who fucking jumped ship during those takeover years. 
Yeah, I know a lot. Yeah. Now the fun. Now the funny thing is, they'll try to rewrite history now and be like, Nah, mm-hmm. that's not. Mm-hmm. No, you left. You, you, you left. You left. Yeah, you know I mean. And then the second thing is, the, here's the wild part about hip hop is I think why we love it so much. I've seen niggas fight numerous times over who's the best bi- MC, Biggie, Jay Z, and Nas. Like yep. literally. Yep. You know what I mean? I've seen friends beat the shit out of each other in my apartment for niggas, you know, picking the wrong side. So, I mean, it's like you said, it's bad, but it's like it's just the how much we love hip hop. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. there was when that Nas and Ether was going, when that Ether takeover thing was going on, bro, it was, yo, and then Nas releasing that on Jay's Born Day, too. Like, it was like, yeah, you know. That for y'all. Yeah, like, yeah. Because it was a yo. tipping point with me. It was a tipping point with me because I got teased so much. Right, that, right, right. That when Ether came out, I can't, it, it was a different feeling. I was happy, but it was like, I'm going to make y'all Y'all gonna feel this, pause. Y'all gonna, right, y'all gonna right. make sure yeah. y'all tease me, y'all kept playing this shit, and I said, y'all gonna hear this. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody yeah. told me my man was through. And I was yeah. riding, I was I was still had holding out faith. And they was like, yo, right. Nas is done. It's no way he coming back from that. I said, yo, just wait, just wait. And when that shit dropped, it was like Christmas for me, dog. Like, for real. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I ain't gonna hold you. I was, I thought Nas was done. See, that's the thing with me. I don't rewrite history. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is the point of me lying? Like, yo, I thought Nas was done. I ain't even gonna hold you. You know what I mean? But you talk to people now. It's like, nah, I always knew what Nas had something in the chamber coming for Jay. No, they did. No, they did. No, they did. Everybody wrote about. Everybody wrote Everybody wrote Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? So. That is what it is. Yo, Greg Boogie, tell them where they can get at you, good brother. Let them know where they can follow you, get at you, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So on, on Twitter, it's um, 43rd Bandit. Um, and I'm writing again for Scientific Inquirer, um, music editor, actually. Um, and I go by Greg C, the old pen name. And right. if, you, if you're somewhere in Queens, you're probably going to see me. All right. Mm-hmm. Yo, you the first person I'm hitting as soon as I get up to NY, baby. You the first Absolutely. person because I need that tour, Queen. I need that tour. Oh, no question. That tour. That's no a question. done deal. Uh, JR, where can they get at you, good brother? Where can they hear the radio show? Everything um, you and the least got going on. Yeah, check out the RB representatives. Uh, it's me and the least. Um, you can go to rbreps.com, which is our website, which you can find everything. Our radio show, which is on every Thursday on WFDU 89.1. Um, uh, HD2 on iHeartRadio. We do our lives every other week. Um, we started our uh, show Catch That, which you and uh, was the last episode that we did. Um, our next episode is with uh, DJ Monday Blue. Uh, we talked about uh, Natalie Cole's Unpredictable album, which is dope, which we really got deep with that one. So that's really a dope episode. Um, yeah, but just check the R&B reps. Um, I, you can follow me on Twitter, JR World of Soul, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. But check out the R&B reps and shout out to my boys. We made the chance, the playoffs and we won tonight. So shout out to my <laughs> niggas right there. That's what it is. Yo, what, where are y'all at? What, what place are y'all in right now? Four. Four. That's dope. That's dope. Yes, That's another... That's another thing. I I I made this uh, New Year's resolution years ago to admit when I was wrong. I was wrong about Tibbs, but I, was I will too. say. I w- but I will say this: from what I heard, Tibbs changed 
the way that you know he did the way he that did. so he's not the same Tibbs and that was he's my not. knock on Tibbs that mm-hmm. he runs his players into the hole but you know definitely salute to you guys Neltron let them know where you they can get at you good brother yeah I'm on uh Twitter at Neltron Twitter and IG uh, uh Neltron 8000 all right no doubt Rel let them know where they can get at you bro uh Twitter JBen215 Instagram Uptown JBen all right and y'all already know this with me kill 889 on twitter ig will make beats for food i'll check y'all next week y'all salute one love Peace.